The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, and by Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Although we've been living in the space age for over a half century, very few people have experienced space for themselves for some, space travel is the ultimate mission, as my next guest is about to find out. Cameron Smith is part of a new series on Discovery Plus titled Homemade Astronauts. Each episode will feature a different mission, and in Cameron's case, it is taking a hot air balloon to the so-called Armstrong line. I've got Cameron Smith on the line right now from his home in Oregon. Hey, good morning, Jim. How are you? Cameron, good morning, and thanks for joining me. I hope that you've had a good past year, as uh, the rest of us have struggled a bit. Yeah, it's been a challenge for everyone, but uh, I think uh, we're struggling to, to get back on the normal track, yeah. I've read all about you. What was your path as a, you're a professor of anthropology to what is uh, to be called a self-made astronaut? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, it sounds kind of un- unusual. What does anthropology have to do with it? Right. Well, anthropology studies humanity. And um, I focus on, on human the human past, like where have we been in the past? What have we done in the past? How did we develop over time? And... Um, but I think there's also a real interesting human future, a long distant human future. And I think that's beyond Earth, beyond the surface of Earth. So I think it leads right into it. I think uh, uh, I think it's real natural to think about, you know, human adaptation in the past and also human adaptation in the future, which is going to be space and space technology. Tell me about your mode of transportation and where you took off from. You bet. We're using balloons. And for training, uh, I fly a hot air balloon. I'm a hot air balloon pilot. And uh, we use that for lower altitudes. And then for higher altitudes, we're using uh, gas balloons. And um, we fly in eastern and central Oregon, beautiful part of the country where uh, there's a lot of open space. And um, we're uh, adding altitude uh, to, uh, uh, to our flight. So we go up. We come down, we learn from that flight. We go up again, we come down and learn from that flight, and we're slowly making our way higher and higher. Yeah, and I don't care how unafraid you are of heights, but it had to be a little scary. I mean, you're really you're going up above where commercial jets fly, is that right? Yeah, about uh, twice as high as those. Our target is 63,000 feet, which is called the Armstrong Line. And at that point, it's a, it's essentially a vacuum. You, you may as well be standing on the moon. So you've got to have the protection of a spacesuit. And that's what we've built in all the systems. And, um, yeah, you know, sometimes flying is a little bit scary, but, you know, um, you're really busy. You're really busy. And on the flight just recently, it was a little bit windy, and things weren't exactly perfect, but I had my eye on those instruments. And I was just watching my instruments, keeping in touch with people on the ground. And um, you might be a little more scared you know, later when you're thinking about it rather than when you're flying. When you're flying, you you got your hands full. The weather can change, right? Oh, you bet. And um, we, before we fly, we always check what's called the winds aloft. And it's a report that even the, uh, uh, you know, the airliners get these reports. What is the wind doing at, at these different altitudes? And uh, you can be, you can be injected into a, a, a stream of air that's moving at 80, 90 miles an hour. So, um, you know, we're we're very careful with all that. Tell me about the spacesuit and and how you develop that. 
You bet. This uh, suit is 10 years now in development, so it's about the 15th build um, of, you know, just one garment after another. And we, I learned basically from, from old NASA reports, everything NASA did, uh, or a lot of it, is, is online in, in uh, ancient reports. And you can get online, you can find those. And um, if you learn very slowly, if you learn all the technical terminology and the, the, the words <laughs> uh, and the systems they used, you can replicate it. And in fact, I had a Gemini spacesuit, a Project Gemini spacesuit engineer one day actually just walked right off the street. He saw what was going on in my workshop and he talked to me for a couple hours and he said, you know, this is exactly how we used to do it. Yeah. And uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. That helped me a lot. When does it get to the point uh, at what altitude or do you just go on oxygen right away when you take off for this particular flight? Yeah, great question. For a number of reasons, uh, I'll be on oxygen from the very beginning, so from from launch. Um, but legally, you have to have oxygen above 12,500 feet. But um, uh, I'll be on oxygen the whole flight. As a kid, Cameron, I loved everything about the space program. You know, back in the 60s, I watched the moon landing on TV. I, I built those Apollo models, knew all the names of the astronauts, so... I'm really glad, like I'm sure you are, that there's so much activity now regarding the moon and Mars again. You bet. It's so exciting. The most exciting period, I think, in space uh, travel. And the reason is that there are so many people involved. It's not just one or two countries, you know, with a huge federal system behind it. It's a lot of people trying a lot of different ideas. And that makes it very exciting. I, I think of it like it's like the Wright Brothers era, but for space. And... um uh, all kinds of ideas are going to be tried out, and a few are going to work. Are you thinking in the back of your mind, like some people are, there will be a commercial flight to the moon, and I want to be on that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to happen. I think uh, SpaceX is sending. Uh, there's a Japanese artist, right? And he's taking eight or ten people with him. I think that's the first one. Um, I think that's going to happen. You know, I had a buddy who, in the 70s, his, he, he, his dad bought him a Pan Am ticket, you know, for when they go to the moon. And that didn't pan out. But I think it's going to happen this time. And I think we're in the second space age now. And I, I'm just really excited to be a tiny, tiny little part of that. Cameron, can you tell me about the other adventurers on this series that you're on, on Discovery Plus? Because I know that you filmed this for about a, for a couple of years, and there was actually an accident. Yeah, you know, I haven't uh, followed those other programs. I, uh, uh, I know that there was an accident, and... Um, but I don't really know the details of what they were doing. They, the main reason is that they're in rocketry and we're in balloons. It's a completely different world. Right. Everything is different. So my, I, our project is, is just, you know, I, uh, we've got our hands full with our own thing. So I just really haven't looked into, the, into their project too much. With you being a, a so-called homemade astronaut, was it at all difficult to get the clearance to go up to the Armstrong line? Well, we're still talking with the FAA, and um, uh, we think everything's going to be fine for, for clearance to uh, uh, some of the higher altitudes. Um, but, you know, we go through all the proper channels, and I'm properly certified as a, as a balloon pilot. And so, um, you know, we're, we're going through all the, all the correct channels. How does descent work? Because in cartoons, you just stick a pin in a balloon and you start going down. <laughs> Well, you know, you can burst balloons, um, but we have some valves uh, that we can pull a line, basically, and it starts course. to valve out the gas, and then uh, and then you lose buoyancy, you start to come down. And um, 
uh, I'm a scuba diver as well, so I'm, I'm I'm acquainted with buoyancy, right? How you control buoyancy going up and coming down, and it's just exactly the same kind of problem with a balloon. So um, that experience is useful too. When you leave from one city, will you land in the same city, or will you be blown a little bit further down the road there? Yeah, once we uh, get up above twenty thousand feet, we can go into the jet stream and. That goes different directions and different speeds. It's it's pretty much always from west to east, <clears throat> but it goes at different speeds and slightly different directions. So really, um, uh, one of the procedures we're working out now is our, our long-distance flight pickup process. And we might have to have people, uh, you know, 50 or 80 or 100 miles uh, downwind uh, ready to help with the pickup. So we're working that out, um, but we're, at, we're adding altitude to each of our flights now and uh, you know, building that whole system. It's so exciting. And any other future adventures that you're thinking about? No, uh, right now I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on making this a safe flight uh, and a, a safe landing and make sure that the, the entire crew has a, has a great experience. So pretty much focused on this for the moment. <laughs> Cameron Smith, I can't wait to see Homemade Astronauts on Discovery Plus now streaming. Great talking to you and, and stay safe. Well, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. This new four-part docuseries filmed over the course of two and a half years follows three self-financed teams who dream of becoming some of the first private citizens to launch themselves into orbit, which seems to be the way that we're doing it these days. Check it out on Discovery+. Plus. That does it for this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.